What's going on, everybody? Thanks for tuning in to Raw and Uncut New York Talk, where I talk about the Mets, the Nets, and the Giants. Tonight, we're going to be talking about the New York Mets. Now, I was going to put out something a little earlier today um, regarding uh, the Mets and the first 10 games of the season. Uh, I got a little tied up doing something else. Then I sat my happy ass down. And I turned on the New York Mets, and I'm like, okay, maybe since this is the fourth and final game of this series, after this, the Mets would have completed a total of three series to start off the season. I will record something. And um, I got to admit, I am very happy that I waited till now to record this. So we just finished winning the finale of this series against the Atlanta Braves. We lost the series three out of four. Um, It's been a really rough start for this New York Mets team. Uh, Things got a little worse yesterday as far as how everything was handled uh, regarding Cespedes. And I will get to that maybe a little bit later. Right now, uh, you and I, we need to enjoy this New York Mets victory. We need to enjoy the fact that we scored seven runs. We need to enjoy the fact that we hit with runners in scoring position. We need to enjoy the fact that we scored seven runs for Jacob deGrom. We need to enjoy the fact that our bullpen did not allow a run, although it, it looked a little shaky when Familia came in, who loaded up the bases with one out. But overall, you and I, as Met fans, should be very pleased with tonight's game. And hopefully this is something uh, something to come as, as, as we move forward in this crazy, shortened season. Um, Look, we're just we're gonna. I'm gonna start off with with this Mets game tonight. Uh, Jacob Degrom uh, was pretty damn solid. He had one bumpy inning in the uh, in the fifth inning, I believe, where he threw where he threw about uh, 35 pitches. Um, other than that, he was really mowing them down and uh, really in control of the game. He looked really good. Um, you know, we know how good his fastball is. We know how good his slider is and his changeup. Tonight, it looked like he brought out his curveball a lot. And that was, um, you know, if, if he adds that to his arsenal, uh, Jacob DeGrom um, will continue to dominate. Um, I don't know how much better DeGrom can be, but... We, you know, what we gotta love about the guy is that he gave up two runs, and in you know in the fifth inning, and he was just pissed about it, right? Knocked over the hand sanitizer in the dugout. Um, he was just pissed, head down, right? When he gave up a hit, um, so it's it's really you know the guy wants to go out there and fucking dominate for however long he's going to be out there for. So I think us Mets fans and, you know, just being from New York and, you know, being New York sports fans, we have to appreciate the Grom going out there and expecting nothing but the best from himself. 
right? Because at the end of the day, look, we, we know what it's been like, right? I think Keith Hernandez or Ron Darling said a stat that from last season he started to now, he's got 33 starts, and in only six of those starts have the Mets scored five runs. I mean, really think about that for a minute, okay? The guy goes out there and does his freaking job every fifth day, and the Mets either don't hit or the bullpen blows it. So, you know, what DeGrom has, has been doing these past few years um, is really incredible. He can only control what he can control. And, um, you know, just really happy that we could finally score some runs for him and the bullpen didn't fucking blow it. Um, and besides, look, and, and at, at this point, we kind of already know what to expect out of DeGrom. He's going to give you six, seven innings. He's going to, you know... Uh, three hits, four hits, he's going to give up, maybe a run or two, um, nine strikeouts, and maybe two walks. That's what he's going to give us, right? There's just no... We we've already know what to expect from DeGrom every, every fifth day. Um, so aside from DeGrom, I thought the other bright spot was seeing Alonzo uh, be really patient at the plate. Um, you know... He's, he's had a really rough start. Uh, Keith Hernandez had a pretty good breakdown on tonight's game. If you were watching the uh, SNY feed, he, um, you know, he mentioned how DeGrom, is, I mean, I'm sorry, uh, how Pete Alonso is dropping his hands as he's, you know, as, you know, he's, he's, he's pulling his hands back. He's taking his hands back and he's kind of like swinging down, right? To the point where, like, his hands are almost behind his head and you can't, you know, his hands, and you can't see them. Um, which I think is a very good point, right? They showed the split screen where you can see the difference from 2019 to 2020. Um, what I've been noticing is he's just chasing a lot, you know? He's really chasing a lot. Um, and it, it feels like he's just pressing. I know he's another guy that expects nothing but the best out of himself. Uh, we all love Pete Alonso because he is good for baseball. Uh, he's good for the city of New York. But I think a lot of it is between the ears. Uh, he just wants to do a little too much. And I was really happy to see him uh, walk his first two at-bats because it really showed patience, you know, it showed him not chasing pitches, which I think is very important for Pete Alonso because, number one, a hit, a walk is just as good as a hit, okay, and you got Conforto behind you, not tonight because Conforto was moved up to second and, you know, a late scratch on, on Jeff McNeil. But you had Cano who's been swinging the bat really well. And so, you know, that, that's very important for Pete Alonso to be uh, disciplined up at the plate and not always swing for the fences, you know. And, um, you know, he batted 260 last year. If he picks and chooses his his spots a little better, he could probably bet 270, 275. So, you know, Pete Alonso, I think these are things that he can definitely fix. The things with the hands that Keith Hernandez was talking about, chasing pitches. Uh, it's easy for me to say, don't chase uh, this fucking nasty slider from, uh, you know, Max Scherzer down and away, right? Because I have a different point of view than he does. But, 
you get the drift, right? You, you, he can be a little more selective up there and just, just show a little more patience. I think it would do wonders for him. I think it would do wonders for that Mets offense uh, because I think it's a good offense. And, you know, we've seen, obviously, in these first 11 games, we're sitting at 4-7. and seven. Uh, I think the story so far has been hidden with runners in scoring position. Um and again, I go to this point where Pete Alonso is important for him to uh, be disciplined and show patience at the plate because the few games, like three three games in a row where Luis Rojas has batted Nimmo and McNeil one and two, they have uh, really they have really done their job and have gotten on base, which is what you want out of your first out of your leadoff spot, right? Like, that's what you want out of your leadoff spot. And obviously, you want, you know, your, your second hitter in the lineup to to get hits. But, you know, again, a walk is just as good as a hit. Um, so it's, it's, you know, it's really important that Pete Alonso stays patient at the plate because they're going to fucking throw him nothing but junk. When you have Nimmo and Jeff McNeil getting on base consistently, okay, at the top of the lineup, Pete Alonso is not going to get a lot of uh, meatballs thrown his way, okay? They're going to look for him to chase. And 10 games in, they're seeing that you're chasing. Well, they're going to keep giving you that filthy stuff. So I think it's really up to him to um, zone in and relax a little bit at the plate. But I'm not going to beat up on, on Pete Alonso a lot because, um, you know, it's a crazy season, sophomore season. Um, I think he'll be all right. I think he'll come around. I, 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 I don't want him swinging for the fences every single at-bat. I think he needs to um, figure out a way to, you know, just get hits and just get on base by drawing a walk. You know, all is good. But... Um, and besides that, right, through the first 11 games, the poor hitting with runners in scoring. And look, 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 it's not only Pete Alonso, okay? It's been a lot of guys on that team up and down the lineup, okay? Nimmo and McNeil batting one and two. That just started like three games ago, four games ago. It would have been the fourth game tonight, but McNeil got scratched, right, with back tightness. But them getting on base, all that just started. They've been really, really bad up and down that lineup. One through nine. I fought them all. They've all been playing like shit. So uh, it's not only Pete Alonso. But besides the hidden, uh, obviously the bullpen has been horrendous. The starting pitching has not been, has not been what we expected. Uh, obviously, the Grom, we already touched on that. He's, we know what to expect out of him. Steven Matz had a good first outing, second outing, a little shaky. Um, Waka, you know, been a little shaky here and there. Uh, you know, he looks like he can be our three, four starter, but he needs to get it together. Uh, Porcello has looked really shaky. And. You know, go figure. It's the fucking Mets. We call up our prospect, David Peterson, and the first two games, he has pitched excellent for being such a young guy, uh, making his debut against uh, the Red Sox, um, against the Red Sox last week, and then pitching. 
What impre- he was, I was really impressed with the way he pitched Sunday against the Braves because he showed exactly what Luis Rojas has been talking about. He showed a lot of poise. Like he got into a lot of tough, tough jams uh, this past Sunday against the Braves, against a really good Braves lineup, and he got out of those jams. So I was really impressed with that. I was more impressed with his second start than I was with his first start. Overall, though, and this is what I really want to talk about with the Mets pitching. Overall, with the Mets pitching, what I've noticed is that with two outs, they have been a very poor pitching staff. And I'm talking, um, I'm talking rotation and bullpen. Okay, they faced 108 batters with two outs. Okay, they faced 108 batters. Their batting average against is 297. That's that's the second highest in the majors. Uh, teams are getting on base, uh, 344 on base percentage, 525 slugging percentage. Their ERA with two outs on batters is 9.12. 25 earned runs allowed. A 1.50 whip. They are not putting hitters away. They're getting into decent counts. And with two strikes, you know, what more can you ask for? You just need to, you need one pitch, okay? We're just looking for one out, and you can't even do that. Those are pretty bad um, stats, if you ask me, with two outs. And it's kind of been the story of, um, of, of the Mets pitching staff overall. So, um, and their defense has been shaky too. McNeil ha- has had some bad throws at third base, um, so you know that that can all be fixed. Um, er- you know, it, it's all it felt through the first ten games. It's all snowballed, right? Poor hitting, poor bullpen play, uh, not pitching well with two outs. Uh, defense has been below average. All of that happening at once. It just felt like holy shit. Through we're we're three and seven through ten games. It's a sixty game season, and you know the fucking roof is gonna collapse. Collapse and city feels on fire. But I I don't think that we will be in a slump like this for much longer. Tonight is definitely a um, a step in the right direction. Um, you know, it's not going to be easy. I've said before that this NL East is going to be a dogfight. And, um, you know, the good thing is that we get to play the teams in our division. So if we're behind four games, if we're, you know, five games back, we have a chance to catch up because we're going to see these guys multiple times throughout these 60 games. But we can't waste too much time, damn it, because, you know, next thing you know, A third of the season's here, 20 games in. Next thing you know, half the season is here, and and then things really get tight. So I'm kind of glad that through these first 10 games, we went through what we went through um, as a team. And I hope that we can move forward and, um, you know, really use this game here, this fourth game that we played against the, um, the Braves tonight, Monday night, use this as as you know some momentum you know going forward uh I, I definitely hope that our game tomorrow against the nationals does not get rained out because again momentum we want to use this going forward so we'll see what happens with that um 
other than that, I would say uh, I want to give Robinson Cano his props. Robinson Cano has, uh, you know, I've, I've talked a lot of shit about Robinson Cano uh, on Twitter at Raw Uncut New York Talk. You know, he's earning his money so far. Through these 11 games, he's earning his money. He is, uh, he is playing absolutely very good baseball on the field and at the plate. He had a couple of... Uh, of RBIs tonight. He left the game with some some shit wrong with his leg. I hope he's okay because I mean we'll need him. Um but I hope this I hope he the only thing that I want to see from Robinson Cano is consistency. If you're gonna do this, then do it throughout the whole season. Okay? I mean I don't expect the guy to fucking hit five hundred or four hundred and you know have an on base percentage of you know five hundred or whatever. But just be consistent, okay? I mean you know, I'm still a little, you know, kind of scared to to put all of my trust in Robinson Cano and that he's going to continue to do this. I hope he does, obviously, right? But, you know, I just want to see some consistency. And that's what we got to see out of the whole team. And I think it starts with the manager, with how he puts out this lineup. This lineup is not consistent. I feel like we got fucking guys hidden all over the lineup and it's never consistent. Like, I'll go on baseball reference, and I'll look at other teams and how their, their lineups are, are structured, and their one, two, three, four, sometimes even five hitters are all the same. Obviously, they change due to pitch and matchup and all that shit, but for the most part, you know, you got one or two guys swapping, you know, three and four or one and two, but, but for the most part, it's the same guys. I mean, we've had McNeil. We've had Rosario. We've had Nimmo all lead off. We've had Peter Alonso hit second. We've had Peter Alonso hit third. We've had Cano hit third. We've had Cano hit fourth. We've had Cano hit fifth, sixth. I mean, it's just all over the place. Find the lineup. I urge Luis Rojas to find the lineup. I know he's new. I know he's trying to find his way and, and you know, mold this team to, to, to his satisfaction. The lineup needs to be consistent. I think if we get a consistent lineup card every night, we might get some consistent play. And it hasn't only been Luis Rojas. You can take it back to fucking, I don't know how long ago, Art Howe probably. I mean, the, the lineups are just not consistent, okay? They just aren't. And that's my one of my biggest gripes. Um, so, I don't know. Maybe a consistent lineup uh, will help this team be consistent on the field. Who knows? I don't know. But uh, obviously the other news that I, I really don't want to touch on it too much because um, it's old news to me. Uh, the whole thing with Cespedes is, um, is pretty sad, I think, because whether he left without telling the team whether whether he left without even telling his agent beforehand, I, I don't know. Look, I don't know what the fuck happened, but um, Mets front office has been a joke for many years now, and um, the way they handle things is not very professional. So none of this really shocks me. I hope that the Mets can move on from this. Um, and I'm talking about the players, 
and the coaches. Um, I don't want the New York media, I don't want these press guys to fucking ask the question about Cespedes anymore. Like, after today, nothing more should be asked. That's it. It's done and over with. Um, they need to move on. Okay, whatever happened, it happened. Uh, there were some quotes from from uh, Nemo, who you know has no idea whose whose story is right. There's two stories to every. There's uh, two sides to every stories, but he doesn't know. He's unsure whose uh, story is the truth, and I think that says a lot. That says a lot when you don't believe upper management. Um, the Mets are really piss poor managed from the very top, um, and I think. Yesterday, Sunday, I think it showed how poor managed this franchise is, and we can only hope as fans. Because look, at the end, of, at the end of the day, uh, us fans, we buy the tickets, we buy the souvenirs, we buy the hot dogs, we buy the beers, we buy the jerseys, we buy the hats, we buy the whole fucking shebang. We go to these games, we tailgate, we have a good time, and then the fucking product that we see on the field. Is a piss poor product. And that's because upper management is piss poor. Those Wilpons are bad for baseball. They're bad for the Mets. They're bad for the franchise. They're bad for the city of New York. It's really a shame that a team like the Mets, um, a big market team, is uh, clowned upon around the major leagues and around the fan bases. Maybe not the major leagues, I'll take that back. But around the fan bases. I mean, we're the fucking clowns of baseball. And that's really a shame. It's a shame that, uh, you know, you and I spend our hard-earned money and the owners of the New York Mets uh, repay us like this. So uh, I'm going to leave you with this one thing on Cespedes. And I, I would, um, I would, my one memory of Cespedes is uh, kind of similar to Daniel Murphy. If Cespedes doesn't join the New York Mets halfway through 2015, we don't make the playoffs. If Daniel Murphy doesn't have a playoff run like he had in 2015, we don't make the World Series. So Cespedes, as much as a headache as he is, or could be, or we know that he has been, or whatever the fucking case may be, Cespedes, without Cespedes, we don't fucking sniff the playoffs in 2015. So appreciate him, and that should be our only New York Met memory. Besides him, you know, stealing a hundred million dollars, right? But that yeah, you can rush, you know, you can you can uh, brush that under the rug. You know what I'm saying? Uh, without Cespedes, we, you know, plain and simple, we don't make the fucking playoffs in 2015. So that'll be my memory of Cespedes. Hopefully, the team will move on. I know me, myself, and I, as a fan, has moved on from Cespedes. Um, and that will be it, folks. That's it for this episode of Raw. An uncut New York talk where we talk about the Mets, the Nets, and the Giants. I hope uh, you guys have enjoyed this one. Make sure you follow me on Twitter, Raw Uncut New York Talk. Until the next one, be safe and keep it raw and uncut.